welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts from around the globe to give you insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Today we have Chris Antipas, the award-winning Aussie franchisee who dominates his market with over 40% market share in Launceston. Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name's Ross LeCain. Today we've got a special guest, Chris Antipas from Aussie Launceston. Chris has had 30 years in finance and been a top award-winning broker uh, for Aussie and in, in the industry itself, won many um, MFAA and Australian Mortgage Broking Awards. So uh, welcome, Chris. Hey, Ross, how are you? Good, thank you, buddy. Good, thank That's you. That's good. Um, you know, we were talking uh, earlier in the week and and discussing what's happening with uh, COVID and and some of the things that you guys are doing. So I just wanted to start there, if we can. So tell me a little bit about what your response has been and uh, how you've been approaching things. I guess, like all of us, we were caught, I guess, off guard because it all happened suddenly, and uh, the initial few days was really met by the consumers or our customers, you know, whether it be uh, business clients or, or you know, their home clients who were just basically panicking, who had been directly affected with the hospitality. And the first reign of issues we had was those clients. So it was about getting on top of just, I guess, nursing these people through contact points. There was a lot of misinformation initially. Um, as times progressed, we've sort of now, you know, even we have sort of limited the use of our office. So there's seven staff in my team. Um, all together, including so how are those staff so, broken up, Chris? Just so, like, well, what we've done is we've now put the office in rotation. So, I've limited the access saying two brokers to the office at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still getting you know, up until recently, still getting walk in. So, we had to sort of you know reconfigure the office, you know, spread things out, um, you know, hand sanitizer and that sort of thing. Um, and it's now become the, that whole culture of the social distancing now become part of what we do. Um, but as time progresses, I can see us now in the point where the office will be probably very limited in its use. Um, we've also had to very quickly adapt to technology um, and, and using Office 365 more appropriately and that sort of thing. And uh, so the guys are getting, I guess, being thrust into a point now where we're going to become paperless, whether we like it or not. Um, so COVID's kind of produced that result for us as well. Um, as far as our market, it's really interesting. There's still people trying to buy. Um, there's still people trying to do things. Um, a lot of the work has been on, you know, pricing, pricing a lot of clients, you know, whether it be ANZ, Commonwealth Bank, doesn't matter who it is, but just going through those clients, the ones that are ringing through, but also being proactive uh, on our list as well. Uh, as now, as the less number of applicants for new businesses there, we're now focusing on our book. Uh, and that's been a really big, big step in, in the right direction for us as well. So. Uh, but interesting times at the moment. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you know. So um, what's the conversation that you're getting your guys have? What, what's the message when, when you pick up the phone? Well, so I think it's more about, um, it's about just having that, the empathy, you know, mm. and it's not about out there looking to write business. I think, you know, we quickly realise that that's not what we're out to do. We're out to sort of nurse people through. Um, clients and non-clients. I mean, the number of clients that have rung me that aren't even our clients in business circles, just seeking direction as to you know, who do I talk to? You know, um, they tend to ring the branch land, but they find it difficult to get through. And also, I think branches have been overwhelmed by just um, not knowing what to do. I think in in the banking sector, 
Um, so we kind of become like the, I guess, the source of truth for what they need to do next. You know, who do we talk to? And half the time it's more about just giving them a website for the government schemes or, you know, this is what you might need to talk to or even saying to them, you know, hey, you need to talk to your accountants about this part. Um, so directing traffic, I think, uh, it's probably been an important part of our role. Exactly. Uh, and we want to be, as mortgage brokers, we want to be the people that do direct the traffic because mm. when they do want something for finance, we want their, us to be the go-to people, right? So, and I think a lot of brokers miss that point in terms of they need to be the experts in everything that's happening that would be happening in a client's world. So whether that is looking at, you know, the repayment deferments from the bank or what the the government uh, initiatives are that they may be eligible so exactly what you're saying you can then you know be that sort of gatekeeper and 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 direct them where they need to go and it's also probably and it, and it became something that i realized really quickly uh right at the beginning of this when that first announcement came through on the sunday evening when hospitality closed doors and went to a takeaway model and that sort of thing we've ever seen some you know, progression of that at the moment. Now, in your own state here in the northwest of Tasmania, right now, we have an incident where that's almost in total lockdown. So it's interesting seeing that, you know, your, your Harvey Normans and your Targets and those sort of stores have had to close. It's only left only to, you know, basically essential, being supermarkets only and takeaway shops. But what I noticed was the panic that set in was when you took a step back and actually tried to just say to the customer, okay, let's go through it a bit, you realise some people were panicking they probably shouldn't be panicking. You know, I had an example of a client who had $100,000 in a business redraw on their facility and were panicking about deferring payments. In actual fact, they didn't have to make any payments at all for another three years. Mm. They didn't want to. So, but everyone jumped on to, I guess, the, the myth that was out there as well. And that was really important. So that was kind of an eye-opener for me that we needed to take everyone individually and go, right, yeah, what can we do for you? Um, there was obviously cases where people had to defer their payments, no doubt. But, you know, I've got clients on business loans now that have converted to, in some, with some cases, 2.69% on a commercial facility because the banks offer that as an alternative to deferring. So there's been some big opportunities out there and it's been one where we don't want to jump on that panic wagon as well. We want to take a step back and just go, you know, okay, let's take a step. Um, they are coming to us looking for reassurance, I think, um, and knowledge is key knowledge is king right now having the knowledge about where to go and what to say is really critical um but also to, to show empathy i mean it's important to you know some people's lives have been turned upside down and you know and it's important to you know help them uh, but also there's other clients who are not affected you know we've got clients who are in government positions who are just wanting to buy something and you've almost got to change your tune to okay now they're just normal there's no they're not impacted at all um, so you've got to then turn on and do what you need to do there as per normal, uh, which is kind of, uh, so you kind of have to sort of work out what you're going to do, um, which is really important. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's understanding where that client's at. And we've spoken before, I know when we were in the mastermind, we spoke about the different sort of levels where clients are at at this point in time, where you've got the, the leaders and see opportunity in this market. And then you've got the fear focused people that, you know, maybe in one of those situations where it's just their employment, it's just out of luck, and then you've got the people such as your 
client with hundred thousand dollars in in offset or, or redraw that are just totally shut down because of the fear and can't you know just want someone to really hold their hand and step them through the process so i think you know people and from the broke other brokers that i've been talking to people want to be guided at this point in time they want their hand held and and said what do i don't need to do step by step um to you know it's 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 almost um you become you know that that cure for them that that um, they're, they're really looking for for their pain one of the things i guess the most that we're doing at the moment is a lot of pricing of our books so um you know whether it be names and commonwealth bank or whoever it might be we're in the process on all day just repricing clients um which has been critical for those that probably aren't really all that affected but they say, hang on, what, I need to know what my repayments are like and that sort of thing. So we've seen a lot of people deferring payments and we knew that was always going to happen. Uh, and that's a problem we kind of have as well at the moment. So um, Definitely. In terms of, um, you know, that pricing is a massive point because, you know, most brokers are going to be focused on refinancing at, at this point in time. So it's really critical that you're protecting what you've got. And for somebody like yourself, Chris, who's, you know, been in the business for so long and it has a, a big loan book, um, you know, it's, it's you know, more important for, for people like yourself to really be reaching out on the front foot because in this market, your clients, everyone's going to be targeting them, you know. So your best clients are the bank's best, all your other broker competitors, everyone in the market is going to be going after one type of business, which is that refinance client. And it's one of the things that we've... Um picked up on is that everybody I bear with me I've got a truck reversing. I might just pause it for a minute. Yeah, sorry. So at the moment your best clients are everyone else's best clients. So in terms of you know people are targeting or the lenders, uh, other brokers, everyone is targeting that refinancing market. So it's so critical to be doing what you're doing in protecting your book. Yeah look it's one of those things at the moment that um, just nursing our client base was critical right now and then identifying where we'd go through the process. Now, I've had my support staff, or well, Ali, my personal PA, has been going through, for example, through segmenting the lenders. You know, this, we have so many clients attached to this, this lender and going through progressively and doing repricing um, without the actual contact with the client, if we can. So we're actually in the client saying, hey, we just got you 0.25 off your current variable rate home loan or or off your investment line. So we can't target the larger client base initially with investment loans because we're, they're the ones that possibly, it's a double whammy because of what was happening possibly with tenants not paying rent and the whole thing about deferring that sort of thing as well, payments. So, um, but I've got a, a very large loan book as far as, and client base. So it's a bit of a challenge for me. Um, you know, we have a, our internal system with Aussie, the relationship call system. And we get literally hundreds of people I've got to contact a month. So mm. it's always a challenge and, and the resource to do that. And now it's more important than ever uh, in, that, in that space and being able to give someone some good news saying, by the way, your rate now is you know, 2.69, not 3.2, for example, is critical. Um, but also reaching out to people in business. So I actively uh, try and visit, when I say visit, not in the COVID thing at the moment, mm. but rather... I've got clients who have coffee shops and takeaway shops and cafes that have had to convert across to takeaway models. Mm. So I'm constantly every day, you know, going past, buying a coffee, saying hi, 
um, and then having a chat. And they're asking me those questions, and that's been really, really important because I've been able to provide some information, you know, over the counter. Hey, you know, you can do this, we can do that. And that's been important because um, I think post-COVID, these people are going to remember. Stop, you, you told me you had six or seven coffees the other day. Cause you, were, you know, sometimes <laughs> I don't drink them all, you know. I'm, I'm renowned. And this is really like COVID's knocking me around because I'm a social animal. I love going out and getting coffees. And, and you know, sort of you'll see me parked outside these little coffee shops in Lossus and, you know, taking a takeaway coffee. But I mean, it's all about support. So what I realised was we've got to be on the front foot. So what I did also uh, a couple of weeks ago was I supported and I've done to two coffee shops now that are, that are also clients where I have, for example, in the first case, um, provided free coffee for about 48 hours to Lost and General Hospital staff, being nurses and what have you, doctors. And they just call into this coffee shop. They did phone orders and we paid for it under Aussie Law System. Uh, then we did another coffee shop in the central centre of the city where we provided free coffees for the Tasmanian Police Force. Um, and that's been great. Um, so I kind of diverted my spending on normal marketing back into more donation type stuff into areas where I think support that I knew people that needed support, and that is the coffee shops that were struggling. Now they're normally really good operators with really good sort of um, you know foot traffic at lunchtime, and some do dinner time as well. Now confined to adapting to only being able to do takeaway, they've had a massive financial hit. Um, so they really appreciated the support. That's been great. But also it's been great because, we you know, we got a lot of messages from uh, hospital staff saying, thanks, Aussie, for the coffee. We really appreciate it. Um, and, and, and we're kind of genuine about it because it we really realised how important it was for those people on the front line mm. uh, and being able to provide that sort of thing. So I'm going to do that ongoing, you know, just around town, which I think is important. Can I ask some questions about that? So... I mean, amazing initiative. There's obviously no sport to sponsor, so you're you know you're sponsoring someone that's doing amazing service in being a, a hospital cafe. So, was there any branding? Were they getting an Aussie cup, or was it just no, a good we do all face stuff? You yeah. know, I'm not one for. I, I don't like to have strings attached to marketing. I'm always been one that you know probably. Breaks on the rules, I guess, but, you know, I never really get my team. I don't encourage my team to ask for referrals and it probably breaks a lot of these marketing rules that people will talk about. And I, I tend to, our market share is really strong in Lossison, so I put the brand at the foremost as number one, um, but we need to also act. It's our, it's our, I guess our profile It's important. Um, you know, if we do enough good stuff, you know, I don't have a problem with lead generation. Lead generation is one of the biggest strengths I have. Um, whether it be walk-ins, whether it be people on the phone, whether it be people in our call centre, mm. uh, and also regeneration of referrals just from existing client base. So we've always found that if we just do all the right things, that people always come to us, um, and I don't like asking for it. Um, mm. So there's no, even with the coffee thing with the hospital or the police force, it's like they know that it's Aussies paid for it. You know, the other day a police car came past the corner of the office and, you know, put the lights on quickly and, waved at us and we knew then that was because they picked up a coffee that morning so it was kind of cool mm. so we think that's pretty important um just to do stuff that's good for the community um i don't want to be seen right now to be taking advantage of this sort of environment i think now it's about being a corporate citizen um and doing the right stuff and, and now's our time to step up in looking after you know those that are affected, I guess. Um, Definitely, because we are in an industry that will continue. Everyone needs money. Uh, as you say, people 
want to continue buying houses. There's so many different purposes that people come to us to refinance, to access money for a range of different things. So that's not going to stop. Those needs aren't going to stop. So we're some of the lucky ones. So to be able to do that and give back then to, um, you know, to the community is something that, that's really great. I just want to go back to you mentioned your market share and, you know, I, I know from, from my days back at Aussie, you um, had incredible market share. So what is your market share in Launceston? Well, look, it's really hard to define, but I know from Aussie's internal calculations that uh, Tasmania has about 30% market share, uh, Aussie does. I think in Austin, we're probably more around maybe 40 45%, just knowing on the numbers we see. Mm. Um, so, and look, I guess it's because there's so many brokers on the floor um and we're probably one of the we are the biggest retail based broker in Loxeston, i guess as well um but it's been a long journey i mean i've been uh the store's been 13 years for me before that i had a little office for about four years as an independent as an aussie broker but a mobile broker as you want to call it above the bendigo bank in Loxeston. you know no pa um an old uh, desk you know blackwood desk in an old manager's office um with no support staff so i look back and sometimes wonder how how that all work you know mm. now i've got all the support net mechanisms in place and i think that it's got harder to write business i guess but uh technology has aided some areas but compliance has made it hard in other areas i guess but um it's i'm probably been in the industry a long time and and I've been around for a while, so I think longevity in regional areas is critical. Um, the store has been in the same position for 13 years, so we're in a prominent position in Austin. So people know our brand, um, and the brand's kind of got a good name. I think it's important, and that's been my biggest objective is to maintain the brand, uh, and the name. Of the, you know, our name is to being something a preferred option, but also integrity is really important uh, in this local town. So. Definitely. And you managed to grow a team of brokers and a lot of brokers struggle with growing a team of brokers. I know, you know, probably 10, 10 years ago, you were in the top 100 sort of brokers in the country. And since then, you've, you've developed your guys and sort of probably not writing as much as what you used to. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, look, I've kind of gone back to more of a um, um, sort of working on the business rather than the business. Mm. I still like to, I mean, the last couple of months I've had, you know, a really good go at it. My personally writing a bit of business um, mm. because it's got to come my way and some of the clients rather deal with me directly rather than me giving it to one of the other brokers in the mm. office. But I'm probably more about managing a team. Mm. Um, I'm probably more the rainmaker. So I'm out and about and I'm always ringing back to the office saying, can so-and-so ring this person? Can, you know, so-and-so ring that person? Um, and sort of, creating the inflows to the office. So that's probably my, where my, my I guess, talent lies rather than, you know, getting back on the tools as, as per se. I've so, sort of done my time, I think, in some definitely, ways. Definitely, definitely. So, and a lot of people struggle from stepping back, right, to, to, to grow a team, you know. So it, you, you've done really well to be able to. So what do you think the key is into managing and growing and managing a team of brokers? Look, it's really hard. P picking the right people. Um, look, I have to say sometimes there's a bit of luck in this. You know, I cannot say that there's a defined science behind this or this is, if you do this approach, it works well. Um, culture is important. And, and one of the things, I guess, even Aussie internally look at our store and, and there's this thing about the, they refer to our store as having a good culture. Now, how do you, how do you define culture is really hard, uh, but I try and keep the team together. Um, we try and do stuff together. You know, we have rough times like any other office would have. 
Um, but always try to, you know, always try to grow the team, invest in the team. So, you know, always try to do things. Um, you know, we used to have a, a every year we'd go away somewhere for a weekend or have a have a get together where we break down everything we do in the office um, and try and work out how to improve stuff. And then we know that'd be you know big dinner out. Uh, we have movies and it's just trying to do stuff as fun stuff together. Um, there's a strong culture in the office um, of just uh, being together. Um, and sometimes it gets challenged by, you know, somebody else, you know, there's always external forces that always hit their office, but we're always trying to keep together. And look, no one's really, it, most brokers in the office have got five-year tenure now uh, with me and even more. Um, so um, no one really leaves the office, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so remuneration is part of that to a point, but providing um, systems is critical. So I think if you're growing a team and you haven't got a process in an office, that's difficult. I think people like to go somewhere knowing there's a, there's a system. That's how we do stuff. You know, mm. we put the, you know the, the loan goes here and then it ends up out, out there or the, the process is there. So, uh, and always allowing people to invest in the process. So if someone's got a, a good idea, we go, that's a pretty good idea. Let's, let's do that. Um, it's not it's not always top down. It's kind of everyone participates, which is important. So. Oh, definitely. I know when we're at our peak and we did a few of those kaizans and we got you know the whole staff involved and some of the best ideas came from from our team and they worked on stuff, implemented systems and processes and, and templates to to really get things humming. So you know, and that's what a good leader does, right? Leads and, and, and they will follow and sort of give their input and it's great you embrace that because everyone brings a certain set of skills to the table. And, everyone, and everyone's got to have fun. I think, you know, one of the things we, we forget sometimes, sometimes having fun, you know, I remember, you know, I started ANZ as a junior, you know, and we used to do all sorts of weird things in the bank, you know, have fun, you know, that sounds crazy, but, I find now that a lot of employment places have sort of refrained from having fun. And that is, mm. you know, having a bit of a laugh and, and, and it's important for our well-being to have to get on and, and have a bit of a joke and have a bit of a dinner now and then and just get the team together. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I know in my experience, you know, I achieved the goals and I'm one Aussie franchise, you know, big property portfolio. It's like something missing, right? And what was missing was the joy, right? And so... It's so, such an important thing to really make sure that, hey, you don't forget the reasons that we are in business. One is to make a profit, but secondly, it's to enjoy ourselves. Because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you've got to question it, right? You've got to question Sometimes it. you've got to be careful not to always try and measure things you do. Like if you're doing gifts for clients, you know, often hear the comments by a lot of brokers, in, internally with Aussie as well, mm -hmm. that oh, you do gifts for everyone. How do you measure it? Do you... Do they give you referrals? And I go, oh, I, I, well, they may not. Um, and it doesn't matter from my perspective because I think it's important that if you're doing something consistently, it's that consistent thing you do all the time that eventually has a result. Mm -hmm. uh, people, I think, try to, you know, implement things by spending money on gifts initially and then go, oh, I didn't get anything out of that, so I stopped doing it. It's like, well, we haven't invested enough time in that. Um, mm -hmm. you've got to, it's a long journey. These are, uh, it's the end game. I always look at the end game, you know. Uh, it's important to look at you know five years down the track, not not six months. It's what what's what's my business going to look like in five years time, 
um, if I'm doing these certain things. And that's what I've always done. So Yeah, definitely in the end game. And I love what you're doing with the, the coffee shop and just that community because that's showing end game. Yes, you know, I might not get business out of it now, but, you know, Chris and his team were there during the hard times, so I'm going to look after them in the long term. So you mentioned you're a bit of a rainmaker and you're good at generating leads. What would be your top tips, you know, in a sort of your market in terms of how you go about generating leads? I think you've got to be, you know, it's really simple. I think being genuine, you know, uh, I recently was at a, um, at a coffee shop, this is probably about six months ago, um, when a barista basically said to me, oh, Mrs. So-and-so here, she's really stressed today because the daughter's getting a home loan, hasn't been approved yet, and everyone's ringing up to try and find out what's going on. So I'm not going to mention banks here, but what happened was um, that she approached me and she said, oh, can you help? And I go, well, give me the background. Well, what it was basically was that her daughter had gone to, she'd gone in with the appointment uh, with her daughter to a, to a major bank and the respective um, you know, bank person wasn't returning calls and finance calls was coming due almost next day sort of thing. So when she exchanged details of, you know who it was. I actually had that particular uh, person at the bank on my on my phone because we're kind of a small community here. So I actually rang the individual on the spot and said, "Hey, I've got Mrs. So and So, and you're doing like the daughter." So um, obviously, the, the person I spoke to panic started set in because they didn't understand where I was at the time. They just assumed that they'd come to see me instead. Uh, within hours, that loan was approved at whatever bank it was, and then the lady rang me that night to say, "Well, thank you for what you did." and all I did was make a phone call mm. to say, hey, I've got Mr. So-and-so here, you know, what are you doing? Because she's really stressed. Now, it sounds silly, but it's the ability to not, I mean, I could have gone there and said, oh, okay, no, let me look after you. It wasn't about that. It was about, you know, I wasn't going to try and take that client off the bank. It was a silly thing to do. But rather, I provided, um, a period of time, I provided a bit of support to the person asking the question. So sometimes it's not about writing the business. Sometimes it's about being the person, that trusted person. Uh, to go for information um, and not necessarily means you've got to try and take that business away from someone else. You know, like sometimes, you know, we have clients who might say, I'm dealing with such and such broker. Um, I haven't heard from them. And we, we don't jump and go, oh, no, come see us. We go, oh, look, they're pretty good. You know, just go back and ask this question. So we're not there to also obliterate the opposition, if that makes sense. We, we need to be, you know, some people respect when you're being honest and genuine and doing stuff for nothing, if that sort of makes sense. So, mm. and that's probably the biggest tip is being genuine, uh, but also being responsive and, um, you know, being true to label, you know, and always trying to do the right thing. It's it's really simple, you know, mm. uh, but being out and about, you know, if you have clients who you've just fi- helped finance into a certain business, support them, you know. Mm. Don't go to the, you know, the coffee shop next door, for example. You know, you've got to be true to label, in your own personal life if you've got a client out there as well. That sort of makes sense. So, Exactly. You are what you consistently do, right? So if people see you consistently being genuine and authentic, you're going to get that reputation in the marketplace. Yep. So, you know, I love that. Love that. So we were having a chat the other day and we were talking about referral partners as well and this this sort of leads on to that factor about being genuine and... Um, yeah, one of the comments we we're talking about is, you know, it was about looking after the the receptionist of a particular referral partner. So tell me a little bit about that. This goes back about. a long time ago. This probably goes back to when I used to first start to sort of network a bit more prior to being in franchise. And 
what I found out early in police, you know, you, you'd go around and talk to real estate firms, and this was a particular firm that I was pretty close with, and, um, you know, a lot of people tend to sort of focus on oh, 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 the real estate agent, you know, that's who I'm going to talk to. And they forget about the staff in the background that, you know, that well, you know the people that sit at the front desk, the gatekeeper, and always used to look after, trying to look after a particular firm that I'd, you know, take in chocolates and, and uh, morning tea in and make sure that the reception staff's going, no, this, this is yours, keep that, don't give the guys that stuff. Mm. And many a times, you know, in one particular case, this is going back at least probably 15 years ago, and I remember it like yesterday where, you know, I get a phone call from the reception saying, oh, you know, we had so-and-so come in to do a presentation, but I just threw their cards out. Well, why? She goes, oh, well, you know, they just wanted, they were being rude to me. They were the gatekeeper and I thought, wow, this is interesting. So whereas a lot of people always head for the principle of an entity to go, you know, I need to do a presentation. Sometimes mm-hmm. getting people on board um, at the gate, what I call the gatekeeper is important as well. And it's been genuine, you know, they're, you know that, that no one looks after those people. You know, they're always the ones that don't get taken out for dinner. No one's out looking after them. So it's just nice sometimes to look after staff that, you know, are just there at the front desk. Um, they get a treat. It's kind of nice, you know. Oh, so, definitely. Definitely. You know. I think a lot of people go after the principals and or the top agents, right, when, you know, quite often if you get that guy that's the up-and-coming agent, you know, like he doesn't have as many yep. sort of solid relationships. But in the next, again, a long game, two to three to four years, if you can identify a bit of talent, you know, your likelihood of getting business long term rather than going to someone that's established that's probably, you know, got, got 101 people chasing after him for business. And also, if you've got a network of agents and, or any other, whether it be accounts or whatever it might be, it's also being able to provide that information without wanting anything. So, you know, sometimes we will have, uh, and COVID's been a good example where we've had some changes recently with one of the lenders uh, implementing some pretty strict rules on certain employment that you cannot you know, won't use income for. So I was quick on the phone to a couple of agents saying, hey, listen, if you've got anything in the system at the moment with these contracts with this lender on the finance clause, you might run into a bit of trouble because this is happening. And they're going, oh, yeah, thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Nothing to do with any transactions I'm doing, but rather providing that advice and helping them saying, you know, just keep a lookout for this is happening. So rather than being a broker looking for business, it's more about being an advisor in the industry and sort of being one who is a trusted source of information. Um, exactly that's important exactly i always you know heard that uh saying where you don't network to get business you network to do business and part of networking is how much value you can create for their business rather than just you know it's a give and take and sometimes reciprocity is in information um so yeah what goes around comes around you've got to do it naturally it's got to be and it's got to be genuine you know Mm. and I, i remembered making a few calls the other day uh, about a particular lender that, that had uh, basically had made some restrictions on a particular employment type because of the COVID. Um, and it was interesting, one of those cases, they came back and said, oh, yeah, we've had two contracts together and one was that lender. So it kind of helped them make some, ask some harder questions of the purchaser to make sure they had they spoken to their bank um, about, you know, their position because things were, it's a fast-moving event as it is, as it is at the moment. So... Look, I think it's all about, I mean, I'm in a regional space, so I don't know if it's much different for you in Melbourne or Sydney. I think, you know, um, I think humanity is the same. Um, so I, I think, you know, when you're a localising, and, and for me, Lossison's been easy to look at because it's a confined, it's, you know, it's a small town or city. We like to call a city here in Lossison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, Sydney might call it town, but, but how many then, people uh, in Launceston? Just to uh, give we're about perspective. 70, 70 to eighty thousand, I think. Yeah, so okay. It's so it's a small city, I guess. Mm. But the the bottom line is that it's kind of like um, you want to be seen just doing the right thing. You know, being active mm. in the community. Um, just you know, because small cities, you know, if you do the wrong thing, everyone knows about it. You know, reputation is something which I, in Launceston is very big. So. If you aren't very good at something, everyone talks about it. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, definitely. You can do a lot of great things. You do one wrong thing in this town and everyone's going, oh, you know, so-and-so did that. You know, so, so you, your integrity is really critical uh, and that's something that I instill with my team. It's about how they, their personas, how they, how they perform in public. It's all very important. Um, mm, definitely. Well. I mean, that, what's really shining through with everything you're saying is that level of authenticity and if you're going to do something, do it from the heart, right? It's, it's not a um, like giving gifts or giving coffee at the, um, at the hospital. It's not about what am I going to get. It's, hey, I'll put it out in the universe. I know it's going to come back to me, but it's, it's doing something from, from the heart, which is important. And so and that's a real credit to you, uh, Chris. So it's been a great chat. You know, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I just want to end with you just giving a couple of tips. If you were someone sort of in your first few years in the industry and going through this, this tough time that we're going through now, what, what's some of the tips that you would, would give to people to, to get through this time? I think now is a time to have this to learn. You know, knowledge is king um, and have processes. You know, now's the time to set up your processes. Uh, whether it be how you manage an application through the process, you know, to approval and settlement. Uh, but now's the time to impress clients, you know. So I think now's the time to sort of focus on making those outbound calls, um, calling in, you know, if you're going to go, I know it's hard with COVID, the restrictions, but um, we identify that you can talk to certain people, certain groups. Um, don't be scared to make those calls because a lot of people think that everyone else is making those calls and they're not. That's mm. something I learned very quickly in life that, you know, I used to see agencies where there was actually an in-house broker there and I'd be cheeky to actually ring up and say, you guys need any help? Oh, we've got so-and-so here. Oh, by the way, maybe you need to talk to us as well because it, it's sort of like you can never assume that someone's happy with their relationship with who they've got around them. So um, and people do appreciate people asking but being genuine about it as well. Um, but having systems in place now is important. So, you know, making sure that you've got your processes in place uh, and brushing up on knowledge. Knowledge is important right now. Knowing, knowing your facts, knowing things exactly every day, what banks are doing what policy-wise, so that you can respond quickly. Um, Definitely. I think, I think yeah. product knowledge and things are changing so fast that real opportunity for brokers, right? Because with all everything that's happening in the market and lenders changing what they're doing almost on a daily basis, as you say, that information is power, information about what the incentives with the government, even what small business offerings are out there from the banks in terms of those lower rate product. All this stuff is crucial. So love, love that tip. So thanks very much. So for any of the listeners, uh, we've got a billion dollar broker group in uh, Facebook. So uh, hit me up on Facebook and request to join that. Uh, listen to this on iTunes and give us a rating on whatever platform you guys are listening to. Uh, if you're looking to be, get, be a guest on it and you're a top broker, uh, please reach out and get in contact me, with me also. 
So uh, thanks again, Chris, and uh, I'll thanks talk so to much. you soon. All right, take care. Thank you.